Well, today on the show, you're going to be really happy to hear about our next guest, Pete Delkus. He is the meteorologist for WFAA in Dallas, Texas, for more than 15 years. Pete joined WFAA Weather and Department in June 2005 and quickly won the respect for our North Texas viewers by providing timely and accurate forecasts. You'll get to hear a little bit more about Pete and the way he looks at weather and how he got into that business. Pete's won 18 Emmy Awards for weather anchoring and special show hosting. A little bit about Pete you may not know is Pete is married to Jackie and has daughters Emily and son Peter. He was an All-American pitcher. In all, Pete played professional baseball for six years within the Twins organization. So excited to have Pete Delkus on the show today. Welcome to the show. Today, my special guest is Pete Delkus. Pete is our weatherman here in Dallas, Fort Worth, and I'm so excited to talk with Pete today. So, Pete, I want to know a little bit about you. You're a meteorologist, but tell me a little bit about your background. How did you become a meteorologist? Well, it's funny, LaVonda, and thanks for having me here with you guys today. I appreciate it. I love Veritex. I have friends that work there with you guys <laughs> and bank with you as well. So it's it's nice to be on with you today. So, you know, most meteorologists, they have at some point in their life, as a kid, usually, they have this epiphany, right? Right. They, they were 10 years old in the backyard at mom and dad's house, you know, one spring day, and they see a tornado on the horizon, and they think, oh my gosh, the power of mother nature. I just want to figure out how this works. Right. You know? and, and that's their epiphany, and they go to school and they become a meteorologist. That never happened to me, okay? <laughs> it didn't. And, and and this is this is a true story. I grew up. I just wanted to be. I was just, I was a baseball player. I just wanted to be. I was a sports guy. All I ever did my whole life was as a kid. I mean, sports, sports, sports. You know that. And and we worked. My dad had a company, a, a landscaping business that that he ran back then. And so we just worked and played sports. And you better make Why? good grades, or you're going to have to work more. You know. So, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> So I went to school and my, my bachelor's degree was in television, radio communications. I wanted mm-hmm. to be a sportscaster after my long, illustrious major league baseball career. This is what I'm thinking in my little, my little head. This is what I wanted to do. I wanted to be a sportscaster, not like right. Dale Hansen. For goodness sakes, I didn't want to do that. But I did <laughs> want to be like a, you know, like a, a color commentator or a baseball, you know, a TV right. type of guy. So, right. I go get my bachelor's degree in television radio. I play pro baseball for six years and I, I get hurt in the spring of 1992. I get hurt and I start doing an internship at the ABC station in Orlando, Florida. And okay. I'm doing a sports internship. Well, okay. the, the weekend weather guy, true story, the weekend weather guy passes away. He dies. Oh, no. And I'm a 26-year-old intern sports intern and the news director comes up to me and he says hey would you like to do weather for us on saturday morning and i'm like no <laughs> and he goes why and i said i mean I, what do i know about weather and he goes well we'll tell we'll tell you how to do it and i thought okay well i'm 26 my baseball career is probably ending i'm hurt i've had a couple arm surgeries i just got married to you know my my now wife of 30 years this october and right? I, need, I need a job 
And so he uh, he gives me he, he says, do weather for me on Saturday morning. I do weather Saturday morning, you know, 6 a.m., you know, where I can offend the least amount of people. That's right. And, and he calls me after that Saturday morning. He says, hey, will you do Sunday morning? And I'm like, man, you're killing me. You're cutting into my Saturday <laughs> night here. But I need a job. So I, it's, I'm not making any of this up. There's zero exaggeration. He laughs and he goes, will you do it on Sunday? And I thought I'll do it on Sunday because I knew the sports guy, the weekend sports guy was leaving. Right. And I thought if he liked me enough, maybe he would give me the sports job. Good, good thinking. So Sunday, I do the Sunday morning thing and I'm just, you know, who I am now. I'm just making fun of people and myself. And he comes into the office on Sunday. He goes, he goes, Delcus, he goes, that was great. He goes, I'm going to offer you a job. I want you to come into my office tomorrow morning. Be there at nine o'clock. I said, I'll be there. So I go home. And I tell my wife, now we get married in October. This is probably like July, the next summer. Uh-huh. So we're, we're still newlyweds. Right. I go home and I tell Jackie, I said, hey, listen, I'm going to get a job being the weekend sports guy. She goes, what are you talking about? I said, Chris Schmidt, the then news director at, at WFTV and part of the ABC station. Chris comes in, Jackie, and I said, he... He says he's going to offer me a job tomorrow morning. She goes, well, you've been doing weather the last couple of days. And why are you going to get a, a job being the sports guy? I said, honey, I'm an athlete. I said, what, <laughs> I all that. I know is sports. And so she's <laughs> like looking at me. And uh, and I, I really said that. So I go in on Monday and he goes, hey, I, I won't offer you a job. I want you to be my Monday through Friday morning weather guy. And Lavanda, I laughed at him for a week and I said, no. And he, I just was adamant. I'm not going to do it. The weather guys that worked there then, there was all kinds of issues. They were in my mind, I'm an athlete. They're geeks, right? Right. And I had, I was the guy who vowed once I got my bachelor's degree, I would never go back to college again. I had my bachelor's degree. I'm done with school. (laughs) So all week long, he's telling me why I need to do this. And Lavanda, we're close enough in age, you'll appreciate this. Remember, this is the summer of 1992. And he tells right. me, he goes, listen, Pete, you need to take this job. You need to do weather. And I said, okay, why? Because I've got an offer to be a sports guy down in Fort Myers and an offer to be a sports guy in West Palm Beach, Florida. And he says, our world's changing. And he goes, they, they've come out with this thing and people are calling. It's the internet. Have you heard about it? And I said, well, Yeah. I've heard about it. He goes, well, it's going to change how we live our lives. Right. And I said, well, what do you mean? He goes, well, people are at one day and he's got this like brick cell phone. Remember those? <laughs> oh, he yeah. Up this brick cell phone. He goes, one day they're telling us that people are going to get their sports scores on, on these cell, cellular telephones and they're not going to wait for the late local news. But you'll but people will never be able to replace the local weather guy or a human being giving them weather because if there's a hurricane or a tornado or some big storms, people want people, not a machine or, or, or this other stuff. And I'm like, I, I, I don't know. I mean, you know, I, and I, at that point, I don't have enough money to even own a cellular telephone. You, know? <laughs> you don't have enough money for that brick phone. Do you? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So, so I said, okay, I'll give it a try. He said, Nope, you won't give it a try. He goes, he goes, you're going to take this job. And he goes, we're going to send you back to school and you're going to get a master's degree in meteorology. And I said, hold on. I found when I got my bachelor's degree, I wasn't going back to school. And he goes, Pete, listen, we're going to pay for it. And you're going to do this. You're going to do our morning news every day. He goes, I think you've got a future in TV, but you got to have a degree for people to think you're and know you're credible. Right. And then you're going to get certified as a meteorologist. And I said, oh, geez. 
And it was one of those things that we've all experienced that in life where there's this influential person in your life. And I'm right. 26, you know, what do I know? You know, right. at that right. point, I think I know everything, but I don't <laughs> clearly. And I just said, okay. And I did it. And this summer, Lavanda, this summer, it will mark 30 years as a meteorologist uh, in, in the television business. I'm really, I'm listening to you, but the person who guided you there, I mean, you didn't really know him. I mean, you have, you have no work for him. You're 26, right? Sure. But that he had enough foresight to talk with you about it and care for you. Right. But that, you know, it's like that perfect storm. He was in the right place and you were in the right place of what made a difference in your life and career. Oh my gosh. I mean, he changed my life. Yeah. I mean, I mean the, the, he gave me the opportunity of a lifetime. And he told me, he said, you know, cause I had played minor league baseball in the twins organization. He said, you know, I called the twins and I talked to them and I wanted to find out what kind of guy you were. He goes, cause I'm not going to offer just anybody a job. And he goes, they told right. me you were a good guy. You were a leader on the team and you, you were the first guy there, the last one to leave and you worked hard every day. And he goes, that's what I need. He goes, I just need people, Pete, that show up on time and work hard. And you'd be surprised at how few people do that. And I said, well, I don't know anything else. Because right. my, dad, my dad would kick my butt if I didn't. I said, you would you have know. to move a lot more dirt. Because how I was raised, you know, if, if you know, you're supposed to be somewhere at nine and you show up at nine, you're late. Me too. Right. You <laughs> know, too. so, you know, I was always early to early to arrive and, you know, I was always the last one to leave. So, yeah, I think that's such an amazing story. I had no idea. I mean, I knew you were an athlete, of course, and read your bio and things like that and knew that you were doing the athlete route. And I think, you know, just your mindset, you're an athlete, meteorology. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not a weatherman, right? I'm not a meteorologist. I'm a, I'm a sports person. And just to see that difference, but I'm, I'm really intrigued by at 26 that you let your, your pride to some degree go mm-hmm. and say, no, I'm going to try this. I don't have a lot of choices, so I'm going to try this. So I'm, I'm really interested in hearing more about that. Did you trust the person you were speaking with? I mean, and why did you, I mean, other than just, I married Jackie, I needed a job, whatever, you know, I mean, those are all great reasons, but why, why trust him? What was it about him that you trusted? Well, so I've always looked at, I look at life like sports because again, that's Uh my foundation and that that's, that's where I come from. So I've always looked at my job or whatever I'm doing, like I would like approaching a, a baseball game. So right. I've always thought, and I had coaches from my dad when I was little, all the way up through high school and college. They always told me, you want to align yourself with the best coach and the best organization because they will make you the best player. Right. So I've, I've taken that and I've applied that to business. So when I was looking at doing internships in, in Orlando, Florida, I thought, well, it's the baseball story, right? I'm going to go, I want to go intern at the best TV station. So I started ask since I was, uh, the Minnesota twins used to have spring training in Orlando. Uh-huh. So the, you know, when I, when I played all the sports reporters would come and talk to us, Paul players to interview us. So I would then right. 
grab them and say, hey, I would pick their brain. Hey, who's the best station in town? Who's the best boss? Who's the best manager? And they're uh-huh. looking at me like, why are you at? Well, you know, I'm a, I've got a degree in television radio. So I'm kind of trying to, I'm setting the stage for what's my next chapter in life. So I, I knew that that was the best station. And I knew that that guy was the best news director. And a lot of people told me he's one of the best managers, if you will, He's one of the right. best managers in the state of Florida. And I thought, man, I'm right here. I probably, you know, since I've got a unique story, maybe that'll open some doors. And sure enough, it did. It That's wasn't, amazing. trust me, LaVonda, I wasn't performing <laughs> brain surgery. I was just, at, just curiosity, you know, I was just asking questions. No, I think it's an interesting because, you know, just some of the things you just said about, you know, you aligned yourself with a good company, a good coach, trainer, manager, whatever, that that's, you know, part of how you prepare for your career is aligning yourself with companies or people who have the same vision that you might have and, and trying to, and you don't always get it right the first time. Sometimes you have to go through a few of those to get it right. You know, right. Right. Did you ever have any of those? Did you ever work anywhere else where you thought, Hey, this isn't the right fit for me. You know, I've only worked in three, I've only been in three, three TV stations. I okay. never, I never wanted to be the guy that moved around a lot. Right. Uh, I did that, you know, when I was single and playing baseball, I lived in a different city every year in the minor leagues. So I, I started in Orlando and worked there four years. And then I was, uh, I was adamant to my agent at the time that if I left, I only wanted to go to the top station in a city. I didn't want to just go to a city. And I didn't want to necessarily, and I told him, I said, number one, I want to go to the top. I want to be the main guy at a good, at the top station in whatever city we find. And it can, it doesn't have to be, I turned down a morning job in New York, a morning job in Boston and one in LA. Cause I'm like, I can't do morning news. I can't right. get up at two o'clock in the morning and live my life this way. So I moved to Cincinnati and I, I worked at WCPO, which coincidentally was the ABC station there. I worked uh-huh. there nine years and I stayed there for nine years. I had job opportunities along the way to go be the main guy at other places, but I didn't want to just go anywhere. I had three locations I wanted to go. I wanted to go to the ABC station in Chicago or the NBC uh-huh. station in St. Louis, which is where I'm from. Or I wanted right. to go to the ABC station in Dallas because for the same principle, they were the they were the market leader and they had right. fantastic managers and they would help me be better. And so when the Channel 8 in Dallas came about back in uh, probably late 03. That's when I'm like, that's the place for me. So uh, I haven't worked. I've always stayed in jobs, maybe a little longer waiting for the right job instead of just moving to move. Yeah, I think that's good advice for some people is to be careful. The grass isn't always greener on the other side. (laughs) You know, no one wants to stay in a toxic environment, I think, but sure. be careful when you move and why you move, you know? Right. Uh, I do want to talk to you a little bit about, you know, as a meteorologist and, and people look to you for advice and, you know, a sense of comfort. A couple of weeks ago, three weeks ago, we had, you know, snowmageddon. And I wanted to ask you about that because most of us have never experienced that type of intense weather in Texas before. Uh, we've all had days and, you know, snow, ice a few days, but not anything this pronounced. When you saw that, uh, I guess that pattern of weather, what did you think? How, well, what, I can't, what I can't use that. LaVonda, I can't use that type of language on your podcast, <laughs> but what I will, uh, all in all seriousness, I looked at some of the numbers and, and the duration of the cold. And I thought, Holy cow, really is significant. And I remember talking to the weather team, like a week before it started, I'm like, are you guys seeing what I'm seeing? 
Uh-huh. And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, this is crazy. Matter of fact, I had a phone call with uh, uh, meteorologist Brad Barton over at WBAP one day. And he goes, are you seeing the same thing I am? I'm like, Brad, I mean, these are like historical numbers. Right. And, right. and uh, he goes, are you buying this? And I said, I'm buying it, you know, because there's a couple of the computer models that are more reliable than the others, but all of the models, even the unreliable ones were agreeing <laughs> with the reliable ones. And that's one of those deals. It's, it's hard to, you know, poo poo it, that it's not going right. to happen. Right. 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 Well, I, I, I ask you about that because I know sometimes, you know, with uh, your job, you know, people go, Oh, it's a, you know, 50% chance of rain and they go, well, it didn't rain today. You don't know what you're talking about or anything like that. Do you feel pressure to get it right to oh, when sure. you make a, yeah. You have no idea how competitive I am. If you're, if you're not the winner, you're the loser. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. I mean, yeah. there's nothing else. You either won or you've lost in my, in my <laughs> mind, you know? And so, yeah, I want to get it right. And people are like, oh, you're just doing, I'm like, you guys have no idea. And when it's wrong, it really, really bothers me. That's interesting. So, you know, uh, yeah, I want to get it right. And I, I put a lot of time and effort into it. And, and when it's wrong, it, it, there's no one that it makes any more frustrated than me. That's interesting to me because I, I, I think that, you know, when you when you have like a what do you call them break ins or when there's a live show going on, then you guys then mm-hmm. break in for weather and right. then someone will be mad because you broke into, you know, some kind of a show or whatever. Do you feel like when you're doing that, you're confident that you're doing this for look the safety and the well being of your viewers? I mean, why why do you break in? What what has to happen for that yeah. to happen? Yeah, it's I'm glad you ask what my mindset is when I do that. So so let's look at it from this from this perspective. I got the one reason I was raised in a family that was we were raised to give back. We were raised to help people. We really were. Yeah. And so I, I see my I saw my dad do that. I still see my mom do that. And so that's what I love about my job is that I can help people. So that's number one. Number okay. two, the, the I got I got two options. One, I can be home at work with my suit off and my feet kicked up waiting to go back to the studio or I can be sitting in the studio working and you know doing all this stuff. Now, what do I, you think I'd rather do? What? Um, you know, yeah. people calling me names because I interrupted Dancing with the Stars or home having dinner with my wife. And I tell people all the time, like, you just want to be on TV. I'm like, seriously, you know, I've been doing this 30 years. I'm kind of I'm kind of over, you know, the excitement of being on TV, even though I absolutely love my job. Right. No, I understand. Yeah. I mean, and, and trust me, I've got an ego you have to have or you couldn't be on TV. But that's right. not what drives me anymore. It's not the gosh, I'm on TV. That's not my thing. I go on TV with complete confidence because I'm like, I look at whether LaVonda, it's you, your neighbors, or or some of the guys at at Veritex that I'm friends with, they're my friends. These are my neighbors. This could be my mom and dad. This could be my grandma, right? Yeah. It's my responsibility you know, this is my way of being able to help. I'm going on TV because I'm worried. I'm concerned. I want you to be okay. And if I can help keep one family, one person safe, then Mm -hmm. that's what gives me that satisfaction today is knowing that I'm helping people. So when I interrupt Dancing with the Stars, (laughs) I'm going to catch a bunch of grief for it, but that's okay. Uh 
That's amazing. I, I love to hear that because I'm talking about, you know, our podcast is talking about people with a purpose and hearing you say, you know, you, you, of course, it's a job and you love it and you're good at it and all the things, but you do it because you have a purpose behind it. And for you, it's about how you get to help others. So I want to talk a little bit more about that with you because people see you as a certain way, perhaps, and being an athlete and things like that. But tell me about how you like to get back to the community other than just, you know, look, I want to make sure you're safe from weather. Awesome. Is there what else drives you in that area? Well, you know, I... Uh, what drives me is is that I guess it's in my DNA to 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 want to help people to do something mm-hmm. nice for people. Uh, so I feel like I have this platform. I mean, you know, where I come from, this small town. I'm from I'm from Collinsville, Illinois, which is a right. small town east of St. Louis, about 20 minutes or so. So I come from this town. When I was a kid, there's probably 13, 14,000 people. Now I think there's about 19,000 that live there, and it's in essence, <laughs> it's a suburb of St. Louis. But for but from the little town that I come from to have a fun job like this, I feel like the luckiest guy in the world. So I feel like I have this job, I have this platform, I have this opportunity to give back. And so whether it's uh, talking to kids at school, uh, you know, whether it's little guys, the little girls, you know, at elementary school or or high school or college age kids or, or talking to you know, uh, you made uh, you know, I, I talked to the, the group. JJ Gomez has me. Uh, I've talked to the group uh, uh, twice at the salesmanship club. Oh, I yeah. Like, yeah. I feel like I'm I'm I have this role to just share some life experiences and, and uh-huh. uh, you know, whether it's an advocate for the salesmanship club or, or the, the cancer society. My dad died of cancer. My father-in-law mm-hmm. died of a heart attack, the heart association. My mother-in-law is horrible right now, what she's going through with Alzheimer's oh, so sorry. Or, and with hospice taking care of her now. So if I can be an advocate for groups like that, again, to help right. people, that's why I feel like I have this job is to maybe spread the message. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I think that's awesome because I think a platform is used for, you know, when you have that, you certainly have a, you know, a platform to talk about what matters to you, but what matters to you matters to a lot of people, right? And so that that's why we do certain things. Behind Every Door operates community centers, building relationships and partnering with people to leverage resources, pursue opportunities, and overcome poverty. We invite you to learn more by visiting BehindEveryDoor.org. We want to change the way people see and feel poverty. Welcome back. I'm here with Pete Delkus. I, I think it's interesting when I when I hear you speak about things that you were brought up with. You know, you're brought up to a small town. You're, your dad was like, you got to work and work ethic. What advice would you give to... You know, just young people, and I don't want to meet, you know, youngest, but people who are at that that pivotal point of, look, what do I want to do with my life? What advice would you give to them today, what you know now, what you didn't know then? I think the the one, you know, we all have regrets in life. And the one regret I think that I have that I wish that I could change, but I, you know, I can't, right? Right. It right. would be to understand that when I was 25, I didn't know as much as I thought I knew. Very you know? good. And I, I, yeah. I can't tell you how many times I've called my mom and I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, because I've got a daughter <laughs> that's 23 and a son 21. And I'll tell my mom stuff, you know, about what the kids are doing and I'm asking her advice. And, and then I start thinking and I'll ask her, did I do that? And she goes, oh yeah, you did. And so I think yeah. I didn't know then what I know now. And I wish that I would have just 
not thought I knew so much. And I see that with young people, you know, right. where, where right. They, um, they think they know all this stuff and they really don't. But then you all of a sudden you, you have kids, you know, right. kids come into your life. And that's when you start to understand, huh? All right. And I had a, I had a buddy of mine. He hired me at Cincinnati. He's still a great friend of mine. Jim told me uh, once upon a time, he said, oh, gosh, I forgot what I was going to tell you. But he told me how important it is. He goes that I wish I understood what I didn't know back then. Yeah. I always think about, too, is that I I know no one can explain to you because I have a 22 year old and a 20 year old and patience. Um, it's, it's okay to have a little more patience in your life to see what, the, what it will bring to you. Don't try to make something always be happening in that world. And I, I think that's good advice for most of us, a little, a little patience. One of the things about careers, I want to talk to you about that because we talk a lot of, to people about our young people about what kind of company you join, what kind of people, you know, you had this great guy who helped you kind of make a, a serious deviation from what you thought your path was to a different one. And we, we talk a lot about that with our, the, our employees and things like that is be, have some patience, learn what you can. But, you know, if you're if you feel like you're in a toxic environment or whatever, this is not jail. You can leave. Don't stay where you're not happy if you don't feel fulfilled. But you can't look to others for happiness. You have to find joy in what you do in yourself. Right. I mean, I can't make you happy. I can only provide certain things, right? Would you agree with that? Oh, 100%. I just had that conversation with my son last night. He, he's, he's playing baseball at college. And I said, you know, you, you got to do this for you, not for coach. Right. You know, because, because, you know, it, it, if you're worried about what everyone else is thinking all the time, then you're not going to perform to the best of your ability. So, right. so this has to be about your heart. You've got to do this for you. What's in your heart. You can't worry about other people because other people you're never going to make them happy. I mean, you're, just, never. you're just not. I mean, I, I can I can tell you, LaVonda, I can be awesome on TV one night, <laughs> you know, and yeah. I, you know, my ego's all inflated and everything. And I mean, there's someone that will just sit there and tell me, you know, man, you really suck today. <laughs> and, I, and I'm like, I, I did a really good job and I feel good about it. I help some people. So right. if you've got to take care of yourself and satisfy and please yourself and forget about everybody else because there's a lot of people in this world that derive their happiness by trying to make you unhappy. You said it better than I did. I totally agree with that. So I, I think that's a good lesson for any age person, right? It doesn't yeah. matter if you're young or old. All of us have to find our own joy, whatever that is. I wanted to ask you a quick question on something. When you look back in your, you know, you've had, like I said, a really fantastic background. You think about, okay, I played college ball. I played professional ball. Those are things that are, you know, less than, you know, 1% of people get to do in their lifetime. I've had this great career. uh, I'm well known for that. And I've had joy from it and my been able to support my family. What would you most like to be remembered for when not, not your, you know, not the end of your life, but when someone thinks of Pete Delkus, what do you want them to know about The thing I want to be remembered by, I just want to be remembered as, number one, being a good husband and being a good dad. That's it. Yeah, that's it. Just just a good husband, a good dad, and and being a good guy. And and nothing more complicated than that. Because, you know, if, if you're a good husband and you're a good guy 
and you're a good father, all the other stuff takes care of itself. So for me, that's that's all it is. And everything else will handle itself. Well, I couldn't end this on a better note. So thank you so much for that conversation. Now I've got me in tears. Well, you know, I tell you, I, 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 I think of that. I mentioned to you, you know, as we were getting started before, I think we started recording, you know, my dad passed away when he was 60. My father-in-law passed away when he was 62. Uh-huh. And I was there with my dad when he passed away. And, you know, at the end of it all, you you only have your family, right? And so right. As, I, as I was answering that question a moment ago, I'm, I'm thinking about him. Right. I'm thinking about, you know, my father-in-law. And it's funny, all these, my dad's been gone 21 years, but it's funny how those memories at different times and different conversations can be so fresh. And so yeah. as I gave you that answer, I was thinking about him at what a good dad and what a good husband and just a good guy he was. So I guess I want to be like that. You know what? That's great. That's yeah. exactly what it should be. If all of us had that, we the world would probably be a little bit better off. Just a well, that's the hope, right? You know? <laughs> we all had that mindset. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I got to tell you, Pete, I can listen to you talk all day. Thank you so much. I oh, no, so enjoyed welcome. this. Such you're a welcome. pleasure.